0: Your servant, my husband, is dead. He honored the Lord, but now the man he owes money to is coming to take my two boys as slaves. Elisha answered, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And the woman said, I don't have anything there except a pot of oil. Then Elisha said, Go and get the empty jars from all of your neighbors. Don't ask, don't ask for just a few then go into your house and shut the door behind you and your... And your and, uh, huh. Let's start that one. Then go into your house and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour the oil into the jars and set the full ones aside. So she left Elisha, shut the door behind her and her sons, and as they brought the jars to her, she poured out the oil. When the jars were all full, she set... She, Said to her sons, Bring me another jar. But he, but he said, There are no more jars, then the oil stopped flowing. So she went and told Elisha, and the prophets said to her, Go sell the oil, pay what you owe, and you and your sons can live on what is left. Go ahead and be seated. I, uh, Dan, I was, as I was listening to your conversation, and thank you for those words today. um, Several years ago, I had a chance to go skiing in Colorado. And Dave Willison, uh, he reminded me, he and I had skied together kind of tragically from time to time, uh, if you called it skiing, what I was doing. But uh, he had told me, he said, when you go out west, remember, that the, is the circle the, ba- the beginners? Circle, squares, and triangles, or diamonds. He goes, Now remember, in Colorado, the diamonds that you can do in Ohio, you probably cannot do in Colorado. And uh, so I tried to stay on the, and he was very, very, very right. And so as we were skiing out there, I had a, uh, it, it started snowing really hard, you couldn't see, and uh, we'd stayed mostly on the squares. And those were a little hard, but we stayed on those and did those. And, but the snow was blowing so hard, we got to this one trail. We had made a wrong turn. And uh, there was a slope that we couldn't see the bottom. But I was trying to figure it out, and, it's, it's, and I couldn't. So I just started, I went over to the sign, and I went to wipe the sign off. And it was a triple diamond. <laughs> I just, I had no idea what to do. Uh, but I knew I was probably not going to live to get to the bottom of the hill. So I tried to go to the side, it, it couldn't go back, so I tried to go to the side, and it was all moguls, all the way. I fell twice, and then I took my skis off, and I walked the rest of the way down the hill. As I got to the bottom of the hill, the rest of my group was there, and they started applauding that, that I had finally made a wise choice taking the skis off and walking down the hill, it may have been faster to roll down the hill, but, uh, but your story reminded me of that this morning. Sometimes you just can't tell what's going on. This morning, as we uh, uh, go into our lesson today, this is a beautiful piece of Scripture, and uh, as, I found, as I was reading through it, I found out that I probably would like to do a couple lessons on this piece of Scripture, just because of... The, the wealth that 's within it, um, but we 're not going to do that. Um, <clears throat> this week has been a pretty crazy week. I had uh, three funerals to be part of, attend or or lead, and um, one of them was a family funeral, and, uh, which was very difficult. but as we, as God led us through those conversations. Um, the remaining brother of the young man who passed away said to me, "How much more can we take?" Because in his family, he had lost his grandmother, his father, and his um, and there was another. Well, and now the brother in about twelve fourteen months. It, it's been a lot of loss, loss for them. And then, and then the answer came during the viewing of the. Of the funeral when Diane's brother had a stroke during the viewing. And Andrew looked at me and it was like, what? What? And that's the problem we get to sometimes. We find, we find ourselves trapped. We find ourselves in situations where we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to turn to. And inside we really do but it's not always the first option that we go. The questions, as we do feel trapped, there's lots of, lots of wisdom. Some people, the realists would say, just tie a knot and hang on. The pessimists would, would say, you might as well let go. <laughs> might as well let go, it's only going to get worse. And the op- optimists would say, just tie another knot and keep on climbing. And I think in different times of our lives, we find ourselves in all three of those situations. Sometimes we just let go. Sometimes we hold on, because that's all we can do. And then sometimes we make that climb. And all of us are in some of that very same place today, not knowing what to do and and where to go and what to be. I had a couple of statements I want to read to you, and and I would say that all of us in this room fit into one of these or more today. And here's some of the situations. What do you do when you're facing problems with your children that you cannot solve? What do you do when your marriage is on the rocks and the crashing waves of hopelessness are unrelenting? What do you do when there are problems at work and it seems that there's no way out? What do you do when you have too much month left at the end of your money? What do you do when you have followed a loved one's body to the graveyard and you cannot escape the loneliness, the grief, and the pain? What do you do when your heart is broken, your dreams are shattered, and your hopes have been dashed to bits on the cruel rocks of reality? What do you do when you're walking through a spiritual wasteland and there seems to be no way out? And the story of this widow in Second Kings shows us that faith unlocks great things. As you look at the next slide, and you think about her, her faith, in our text, a man had died, he left the wife penniless. She had no husband, no money, no food, no income. There was no government program to apply for. There were no prospects for improvement. All she had was two sons, and the creditors were about to come to take them and make them slaves. She had one thing, and that was a little pot of oil. A small pot of oil. Every other pot in the house was empty. Every vessel, every jar, all the cupboards, her pockets, her purse were all empty. In her emptiness and nothingness, she went to the prophet Elisha. And she learned something about nothing and what to do with an empty vessel. And this may be one of the the two most important points, this one is one. She immediately went to the prophet Elisha, who was the spiritual leader, who was, and I believe, representing God in this situation. She went to somebody who knew that could help her and point her to the right direction. And the second most important word in this, this lesson is empty. Is empty. As she looked around, she had nothing she had a pot of oil. She had her two sons, but she had no food, no money, nothing, nowhere to go. The prophet did not go and, and try to get her to borrow money or food from neighbors. What he did do was tell her to go. He didn't give her a loan, but he did tell her to go and get as many empty jars as possible. This, to me, sounds like one of the, the things my dad would send us on when we would ask for, like, you felt like you were on a wild goose chase. But she didn't do that. She didn't do that. She listened to the prophet, and he said, and she sent her sons out to get these empty, empty jars, as many as possible. And it was like the prophet Elijah was saying, Elisha was saying, lady, you've got a lot of emptiness in your life, But not enough emptiness So gather up some more emptiness And go back to your empty house To your empty cupboards And close the door behind you And the two boys are about to be emptied out of your house And I want you to see what God can do with emptiness Have you ever thought about that? That God would want us to see what we can do with emptiness But this woman didn't have that lost mentality She wasn't completely given up. She sent her son. She did what she was told. And she set out all those empty jars and vessels, and she took her little jar of oil and poured it into one of the empty jars. And it was filled to full. And yet her little jar wasn't empty. She filled the second, the third, the fourth, and and many more. And finally she said, hand me another. And her son said that there is no more. There's no more emptiness. And notice what happened when there was no more emptiness. She had all these full bottles. And she went back to Elisha. What do I do with these? Now I have a lot of oil. (laughs) I have nothing to, to do with oil. Sell that oil, pay your creditors, and you will have enough to live on, and you're taken care of. What faith this widow must have had to be able to do that. What faith it was to do this miracle in private. To do it behind, behind the scenes. Can you imagine what it must have felt like? This is all I have left is this oil. And now I have to fill up all of these jars. I thought about bringing a, a thing of oil. But my oil would have ran out pretty quickly. Maybe I could have got a hose or something And kept filling it up But her oil oil didn't run out It filled all the jars And then she was able to go And to make a difference She was able to to sell it And have money to pay the creditors So she could keep her sons So she could have food And live in her community still And I thought about this As I thought about this beautiful story I thought about several things that God provides That we need to trust God We need to have faith In uh, Matthew chapter 7, there's a verse uh, that talks about asking and seeking and knocking. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. But in, in our lives, as the next slide shows, and I would like you to say the words that are in yellow. As the next slide shows. Can you help me back there? The next one. All right I guess they're not in yellow anymore I'm going to say the first part of the sentence And you, re- you finish the last part In our desperation Lord help me. Let's do that again Lord help me. Deliver me. Heal me. Comfort me. Vindicate me. What are you saying? Me Me, 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 me Mine, 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 mine That's how our prayers seem to be sometimes It's all about me. Because sometimes that's all we see is ourselves and our situations. We need to open our eyes to be able to see those who are around us and not just... Help me. Not just me. I don't know what happened to the yellow. (laughs) But as we pour out our prayers for others, our supply of strength and peace and faith increases and our problems are taken care of. Who would have thought that giving the last of my oil would have helped me help this woman to survive, keep her sons and keep her house and keep herself alive. But she was looking outward. She was looking outward and praying outward. And our prayers need to be very much like that. Because God's spirit, God's oil never runs dry. We are filled with more than we need and there is plenty to share. And therefore, as in this widow's situation, the disaster was averted. Peace was restored, and her faith was enlarged. She, she I don't know. What, what do you think of when you think of that oil coming out and just keeps coming and coming and coming? It's much like the story of, of the feeding of the 5,000. Um, I've shared this before. There was a, an Easter presentation at the uh, church in Grove City. And uh, they had a large stage. And as the hundreds of people, it seemed, come onto the stage with this basket of fish and bread that were on 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 the floor. And as the one who portrayed Jesus was pulling it out, he just kept pulling out more and more bread. Of course, in their case, there was a hole in the floor and somebody was feeding more bread up. And it was just one of those, wow, that must have been what it was really like. To know that God would make something out of nothing and have it go more go farther than you ever thought it could. this morning, I want you to look at this piece of paper, this piece of paper here. It's eight and a half by eleven, and I'd like Randy Nichols to make his way down front here if he would. This is an eight and a half piece of piece of paper it's pink nothing much about it how many of you have the faith that i could make this paper make a hole big enough that i could put this over randy how many of you think i could do that got a couple takers eight and a half piece of paper randy nichols come up randy The fact is, the fact is that that piece of paper can be cut in such a way that it can fit over Randy Nichols. And probably me too. It fits right over you. So how many of you said that could not happen? A lot more of you that seem to then have hands. This, that little piece of paper represents this oil. It's incredible to realize when I look, this is all I have and yet I can do this. Thank you, Randy. This is what I can get out of it. I can get it over me. I can get over three of us or more. And yet by our narrow sight, we don't get that. We don't get it. But this lady, she had great faith that something could happen, that something could be different. She trusted Elisha because Elisha was close with God. And she knew that he would make a difference and that he would lead her in the right way. The next slide should have our communication card for today. There we go. And I thought I would uh, overdo it for us this week instead of four things like Todd does. I put four, or three things. I put four. One of them is to memorize uh, Psalm 28, verse 2. And in my turning the words around to Kelly, I put 82, verse 2. That's on the card. But it's Psalm 28, verse 2. Hear the sound of my prayer when I cry out to you for help. I raise my hands toward your most holy place. That's a verse I think is a beautiful verse to remember. Hear the sound of my prayer when I call out to you for help. What a blessing it is to know that God hears our prayers. This uh, last week, um, as uh, Diane's cousin's son passed away suddenly, she had a very difficult time um, praying. And this is not a secret because she was able to speak and share uh, at the service, but she shared that she was very angry at God. She couldn't pray, she couldn't talk to God, she didn't know what to say to God except what was burdening her heart. And between the love of the people, of the church, of the, the prayers that were being said for her, and by by the things that happened uh, at the service with Dean. As I spoke with Annette yes, on Saturday, yesterday, Annette said, I have prayed for Dean. I haven't been able to pray for over a week and a half, but I prayed for Dean. I've been able to pray because I've been encouraged. I know God is there. I know God is good. And I turned to him. So I'd like for us to try to memorize that this, this verse this week. Psalm 28, verse 2. Hear the sound of my prayer when I cry out to you for help, and I lift my hands toward your most holy place. And the second thing that I would like us to, to, to memorize, and a lot of us already have it memorized, but I've been uh, kind of taken aback by the people who don't seem to know this, the Lord's Prayer. I'd like for us to say it together uh, in just a second. But what a comfort that prayer is. It's not just something, you know, to say. It's not just scripture. It's a beautiful piece of information that God gave to us or that Jesus said and helps us to give our direction and help us to pray outwardly. If you would say it with me. It says, Our Father which art in heaven, say it with me, okay? (laughs) Let's start over. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What a peace that that can give us. What a peace that that has for us in our hearts to be able to remember that and to, to say it. So I encourage you to read and memorize that. And then the last thing is to accept, or the, sec- the third thing is to accept a 30-day prayer challenge. Pick someone, don't tell them, and pray for their ha- happiness and needs in the next 30 days. Uh, Ron Douglas uh, brought this up uh, this week, and I agreed to do that with him, and I ask you to do that as well. Pick one person, pray for their happiness, pray for their needs in the next 30 days, but don't tell them. I don't know if you would tell them at the end or... Or just check in with them at some time. But what a blessing that will be. And then the third one is to join our Spring Road Prayer team. And all you have to do on the blue card is add your email address. A lot of us are already on it, but I encourage others to be a part of that. And then pass those cards to the aisle as we, as we finish up. As we think about the emptiness, as we think about turning to God, the questions that may come to us are this. What do I have to contribute What do I have to contribute? Can you imagine that was the lady's thought in her head? I have this much oil. How am I going to save my sons, my house, my life? What do I have to contribute? What kind of report or testimony do I have? In her neighborhood, you hope that you have the relationships with the people and friends around you, that you could go to them and ask for your empty jars. Probably we would go and just empty the recycling bins. <laughs> but to be able to go and ask for the help you need, to go and ask, so what is my testimony? What is my reputation among my neighbors? How good a neighbor am I? What kind of neighbor am I? Can I follow instructions? Elisha gave her some instructions that seemed to be pretty simple, pretty basic. But sometimes we can't even do those. Am I willing to ask for more information? And the last question I'd like you to think about, is God my first option or my last resort? I love the fact that right in the beginning, right at the start, when she comes to this realization, she went to God. She went to God to find out how to answer this problem. Or is he the last resort, the last thing we look to when when we find ourselves in a mess? So as we think about praying outward as we think about this story we've shared today, I hope that you will, when you feel empty, that you will realize and know that God is behind you. In our class today and our class in the back for the last several weeks, we've been talking about the fact that God is with us, that God can help us reach our community, that God can help us in crazy, crazy times of our lives. But if our picture, if we just look at that little piece of paper, and think that's what we got and then we see what it can do if we really use our faith we can do some incredible things with God's help we can do some incredible things so are you looking at a God that's this big is your faith this big or can you see this can your faith lead you to a bigger picture a better picture, brighter way I encourage you today um, to think about your faith, to think about where you are, to think about how much faith you have, how much you pray for yourself, how much you pray for others. It's a lot to think about. But know that God hears your prayers. He answers your prayers. He will make a difference. He loves you. Turn to him. Ask him for help. Reach out to your neighbors. Ask for help. Reach out to your friends here. Ask for help. Let your faith be enlarged to make a big difference because we have a big God. And that was one of the things that I shared with our family this week. You can be angry with God. You can be mad at God because he's a big, big God. He can take it. He knows your heart. He understands He understands when you're hurting. He understands when you're confused. He understands when you're lost. And he wants us to have this picture of him. Not all tangled up. But he wants us to have that big picture of him. Because that's what God is. That's what he wants us to understand about him. He's our go-to. For ourselves and for others. Take your eyes off yourself. Look out for others. Today. If you've had the, there are lots of people in this room who are God's kids, you've been baptized, you've you've looked to him, you've asked him to lead your life, you've committed your life to him, but there are also probably some people in this audience who have not given their lives to Christ, access that great power that God has, that great network that God has. I encourage you to think about the emptiness in your life, I encourage you to think about what you could do with God in your life. Make, let him make a difference. If you've not been baptized and that's something that you feel like you'd like to do this morning, we'd love to help you. We'd love to lead you into that water and and help you become a child of God. If you are not a Christian and you find yourself praying all the me's all the time, if your prayer is constantly me, 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 maybe you need to lift your eyes and look outward as well. Maybe that's something you need to do to get your eyes off of yourself because there are lots that God's doing and he wants you to be a part of it. He wants you in that big circle. So if if there's anything that we can do to help you this morning or to encourage you, if you just pray it to yourself, just let somebody know. Let somebody know if you need some help, if you need some more encouragement because we'd love to be there for you because we're going to try to point you to God as well. We can help you, please. My only hope.